Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Have you ever given a pupil a piece of feedback, hoping that they will take this on board and use it to improve and make progress, only to find that when you come to mark their next piece of work, it has little or no effect? (laughs) So we know how valuable feedback can be for pupils, but it has to be useful to be effective. So what does effective feedback actually look like? Well, my guest today, Catherine Muncaster, explains what effective feedback can look like and how feedback can take many forms. So Catherine herself has so much experience in the education sector. She's a head teacher, she's an education consultant, and she's also the author of three books. So Catherine had so much to share. We should just get to the interview, to be honest. So Catherine, welcome so much to the Teachers Podcast today. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So we're going to talk about feedback today. So I know teachers will have heard the term feedback before, but can you sum up what you mean by effective feedback for our listeners? Um, I think effective feedback is a process that is relevant to learning in the classroom and it's really vital that we have effective feedback and feedback comes in a variety of forms. It can be teacher to child, it can be peer to peer and it can be child to teacher and all of this is really really powerful when it's used effectively across the whole of schools and everyone's classrooms and it can enable children to really make accelerated progress in the learning. Oh fantastic so just one thing that I'm just thinking about now do you ever have like feedback teacher to teacher as well then? Yes so we do that as well um, and we do peer-to-peer observations amongst our staff colleagues as well which I think is really important but it's more of a dialogue about learning I think that's something I'm really passionate about that we're actually talking about learning and our impact on our own learning as staff and also on our children's learning. So is it is it then more about because you know feedback is a scary term isn't it feedback i think can mean like what you've done wrong um uh whereas i think so at director level at classroom secrets we talk about feedback a lot um, and we give each other i suppose um a kind of feedback that we're used to that maybe some people wouldn't be used to where it's more about okay here are the next steps that you can work through but it's okay because we all kind of have our failings is that kind of the angle you're more coming at I think it's really important to have an effective learning culture in your classroom and in your school and I think that's part of it that having that learning culture which supports effective feedback where it's okay normalizes mistakes they're Mm. seen as part of the learning process that children see that they identify and they bounce on from that from the feedback they can even identify where they've gone wrong in the learning process because that's really powerful through the feedback they give and that moves us on as learners doesn't it and I think that culture of every child learner and every member of staff as a learner enables schools to be the most effective really yeah and that's it isn't it and that's not necessarily the culture in all schools where it's normalizing mistakes for adults um you know and, and it's really important because nobody's perfect are they 
No, and also we, we're going to get better by making those mistakes and learning from them, aren't we? And I think that's the key. There's a lot of research into the different types of mistakes we can make. We could talk about that a lot, perhaps another time. But one of the things is how we move on from that, how we learn from that and how we utilise that. And that's something we need to empower our children to do. And also we need to provide learning opportunities within our classroom for them to do that as well. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, even even just from a, I'm thinking about my uh, five-year-old right now, like I would love for her to learn from her mistakes, please, <laughs> because it saves <laughs> me time. It makes my life easier. So, you know, it's not just about learning for yourself, is it? It's learning as part of the collective and, and what you're involved in the community, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think having that collaborative culture in the classroom where everyone supports each other when they do make mistakes is really vital for that. Both the teacher modelling their own mistakes and supporting that way and also the children acknowledging when they do make mistakes. I think sometimes in our classrooms there's a myth, isn't there, about the clever child that doesn't work hard and just is able to do everything in life. And that's not true. You know, we all have to work hard. We all have to overcome setbacks and failures. And I think it's getting that culture through effective feedback that's vital also not not just that it's interesting want to pick up on what you said like the clever child who doesn't have to work hard one of the observations that i've had recently is that that child may need feedback in other areas like creativity um, and it's not always about just being able to boss your maths and your uh, and your um english test is it at the end of the day no, I think there's a, the myth of the classroom that children often perceive somebody to be clever. And I don't like the word clever particularly. I think we're all about our attainment and our learning journey. And your attainment varies, doesn't it, depending on what you're doing the day of the week and and how you're feeling and what subject it is. But the more that we rise to challenges and we see that we have to put hard work and effort in and we dispel those myths that actually we're just born clever because we're not. We actually have to no. all work hard. And everybody can always identify how they can develop and improve if they're given the tools to do that with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this conversation. So why is then ensuring that feedback um, is effective so important in the classroom? I think it's the accessibility and the dialogue of the children and and the teacher to child child to child um, child back to teacher is really illuminating i remember a number of years ago when i was teaching in year two which is where i spent most of my teaching career and um, we had in their maths books little bubbles where children could record what how they'd work things out and a child had written the um, strategy she'd used for the first one i thought great when i was looking at her book second one she'd done the same and in the third one she wrote i copied kathy's now that's an illuminating feedback isn't it because just looking at the sums and the questions you'd have thought she was right she could do that. She was able to um, acquire that knowledge and skills, but actually she wasn't. And the most powerful thing about that story is that she was confident enough to be honest and say what she'd actually done and record that. And that sort of got me thinking more and more about how important it is, the feedback, because you can look at books and you can look at marking and it tells you something. But actually those conversations and those dialogues or those instant signs that we can use to give feedback in the classroom are far more powerful. Yeah. And I think that this is a really valuable conversation. It's about being able to translate that into something else, isn't it? So having less emphasis on getting it right um, and more emphasis on doing it differently. Um, yeah. Something that happened um, 
a couple of months ago actually um, there were two children who who were asked to create a bridge um, mm-hmm. that I was working with and um, one of the this was out of Lego one of the children just you know just went to town on it it took them maybe 20 minutes and they were doing all sorts of things the other child brought seven bridges um, and, the, and the child was very clever even though we don't like that term um, and every time it was like could you add this could you add that because I could see it, it, it was a good um, reflection piece for me I could see for them they were very clear on the steps they needed to take possibly in maths, possibly in English, possibly in, in, in this particular situation to get, yes, well done, rather than stepping back and thinking about what they could make it and, and yeah. how they could put themselves into it. And I think, yeah, really interesting. So one child was able to use the feedback. The other one didn't necessarily know what to do with the feedback because it didn't really get any better. It, it There were just seven simple bridges, if that makes sense. Um yeah. So that's that's another demonstration, isn't it? That that feedback is so important, but it's about the confidence to be able to use it. It is, and and it's providing those learning opportunities where we're actually being made to think differently as children, isn't it? And as adults at times, and then responding and bouncing back from that feedback and being able to channel that and take it and move it on, which is a life skill that even adults find quite difficult, don't they? You know, at times. Yeah, well, I think, to be fair, it feels like an adult skill. If I look around at, at adults in my life, there are some adults that probably haven't um, built that skill. And, and, and one thing that I always think about it is it's it reminds me of when I was a child. So even as a teenager, I didn't have these skills. So if we can make sure that children have them earlier on and feel confident in that, then I think a lot is... Um, a lot is possible, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's really important as part of our hidden curriculum that we teach children explicitly the skills of how to be an effective learner and feedback is one key element of that. Mm. So why are you so passionate then about making sure that pupils do receive effective feedback and then feel empowered by giving feedback themselves? I think it goes back to, the, uh, I have this philosophy of every child as a learner, and I think that's really important. I think, you know, my early education, I was dyslexic, you know, that wasn't identified in the 80s and 90s. You got more spellings, it didn't really help, um, but no one could sort of identify that and see that. And when more we talk to our children and more we listen to our children, we can see where the difficulties are with the learning, we can support them and we can help them effectively. And also we can change what we're doing to enable them to do better as well and I think that's really important that we reflect on our own practice whatever stage we are in our career as a teacher we can always reflect differently on it and think about that and I think that's where it comes from and I want to encourage all children and adults to keep learning and to keep that idea of what how I can develop this how I can improve that I think as well it's it's not just about feedback, is it? I feel like there's an underlying word here that we should use, and it's about safety, um, yeah. fe- feeling safe to, to say the things that that are, that are inside um, that maybe you need to get out in order to move on. And I think that's probably one of the barriers, um, particularly in schools and for adults, of that feeling of safety. Everybody's watching. Yeah, definitely. And I think 
that's when your culture comes along and I think the teachers have got a real key role to play in that in the classroom in how they normalize things and how it becomes acceptable partly by modeling their own experiences talking about the mistakes they've made you know and also by normalizing mistakes and the feedback they give does that you know it, it shows the children that it's okay because we can bounce on from this and we can learn from it and I think that shared language is really crucial in the classroom. Mm. So then, if you're a teacher listening now, um, what three actionable steps can you share um, to help them, you know, develop their feedback in their classrooms, basically? Well, the first thing I always say when I'm doing training is to go back and ask your class, what do they think effective feedback is? Because we talk a lot as teachers about the things that we know help us to be more effective in the classroom. But looking at the level of understanding of our children, whatever their age, is really important because there are often misconceptions about these things. So what do they think effective feedback is? Um, and I always start a good class discussion because I'm always really interested in hearing the children's thoughts on that. You may then want to scaffold that and give them some definitions to stimulate the discussion to see what they come with. It's quite illuminating what they see feedback is as well. And it will also give you some ideas of how you do feedback in your classroom. Um, because whatever feedback we get we've got to use that and I think that's really important I think one of the things especially we've been talking a lot as um, a staff team but I was talking to some teachers in Wales about this recently is one of the things we found following on from Covid is we really need highly quali high quality effective feedback on learning starting points where are our children at um, so there's a really nice thing we use a traffic light in school and you can use it from reception all the way up to year six and you so whatever your focus is you can ask the children so if it was with younger children um, names of foods or they could sort them into foods they recognize which would be green amber would be unsure but thought they might know and red would be ones they didn't know and straight away you've got very powerful assessment for learning from that feedback and you can take that and modify your teaching you can do the same for what who understands what greater and more than means in maths you could do the same or facts about um, history um, and so activities like that um, are really really important at the moment and then there's as a very powerful question that I, I like to ask and all the work I've written we've always asked the children this and it's how did I help you learn in that lesson and I think that's really really powerful at the end of a lesson and you've got to be quite brave to do this because children can be yeah. quite brutal with their feedback as we know <laughs> so <laughs> how did I help you learn in that lesson and what could I do to help you even more and just two very simple questions when we start opening ourselves up to feedback um, and often it's quite illuminating um, we then help to them to see the power of it because if they can give us feedback and it can help improve their learning experience it they will then take on feedback more and more and i think that's really important that's really good um just a question then um sometimes i do ask my children for feedback as well obviously asking um my colleagues um how long do you find that it takes i suppose it might be an age thing as well because obviously i've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old um and my three-year-old just tells me she don't like my hair um <laughs> so, so, but how how long do you find it takes for them to really sort of grasp not not telling the truth but sometimes i feel at the beginning they just say something because they don't know what to say how long do you find it takes where they really understand what it is you're asking and say something valuable 
I think there's two things there. It's how you respond to the feedback. So if someone gives you something that's useful, whatever that may be, if you then thank them and say, thank you for that feedback, that's really helpful, that will help me improve because I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, um, following on from your feedback. When they see you doing that, then they say, actually, what I'm saying is valued and she's moving on from that and using it. I think the other thing is it's similar to if we've got talk partners set up in our classroom. When we have talk partners set up, we have them and we want them to be really effective. We have success criteria, we reinforce that. We need to have that in place for feedback. Um, and to start with, it's simple things. Um, in one of the activities in the metacognition book I wrote, we've got ideas where you sort different types of feedback into whether it's good quality or bad or, or not as a powerful feedback. And we look at that and they order in terms of which is the most powerful feedback and giving relevant examples of that for the children's age I think is something really good to do stimulates yeah. discussion um, and it's explicitly modeling it and I think that's the key if we want children to be effective learners and to understand the process of learning modeling is key in all of this so basically buy the book <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah no 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 I'll um I'll add that to my list because uh That'll be really interesting. Um, so thank you so much. Where can we find out more about you? Plus the book you've read. Um, well, I'm on Twitter. I've not been on. I've not been doing much tweeting. I must get back to it. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Every child, ah, I think it is or something like that. Um, and then I've got a website www.everychildorenner.com. So there's, um, there's lots of free resources and things like that. And I'm always really interested in getting feedback from people. I've had some really interesting feedback that's made me think over the last few years and helped develop my practice. And I think that's really important. Um, and it's just lovely, isn't it, working with teachers? Because, you know, it's the best job in the world. Yeah. And what, what are the names of the books you've written? Um, there's a book on um, developing growth mindset across school, which is all about your learning culture. And that's called Every Child a Learner, Growth Mindset Every Child a Learner. And then there's Thinking Classrooms, which is the book about metacognition, where we explore practical strategies to get the children using some of these learning skills that we're talking about. And I'm just writing another one on resilience at the moment and mental toughness, which is out next year. So I can see what you like to do as a hobby. <laughs> yeah. there's something it's quite something magical about it and I, I think one of my superpowers being dyslexic is the idea of taking things uh, and concepts and making them accessible for children and I think that's yeah. something I'm really passionate about yeah oh well thank you so much this has been such an insightful conversation and I'm like right I need to go buy that book now <laughs> thanks Claire it's been lovely talking to you too Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.